What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to Marriage Mondays here on the Two Feet on the Ground Gravity Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Chris. And I'm your other host, Jamie. And today we're going to be talking about part two of myths in marriage. Yeah, we had so many folks on our social media channels comment on ideas that they believe are myths in marriage that we weren't able to cover during part one. And we want to give this another shot to cover all those. We've kind of divided up some topics and not ran this past each other. So you will be hearing it for the first time along with each of us. Yeah. I don't know, Jamie. What do you think? Do we give this a shot? Absolutely. Here we go. All right. We are going to get started with those marriage myths today. And what are you going to start off with, Chris? Yeah, I want to start off with that everything in marriage should be even. It we, better be. <laughs> yeah, even works really good, folks, when we're counting pennies. But when it comes to relationships, it doesn't work as well. Another one of our friends put that marriage should be a 50-50 relationship, meaning that's one of the myths. Jamie and I actually tackled this back on episode five of our podcast, talking about the 50-50 fallacy. And here's the thing, folks, marriage just is not going to be even. It's just not going to be even. And if we if we strive for it being even, meaning we both put forth half effort and we're supposed to meet in the middle, we're, we're not going to connect very often. Jamie and I have found in our marriage that, that I have bad days, right? Yeah, she's sitting there staring at me with- Eyebrow raised. Eyebrow raised, yes. And here's the reality. Jamie sometimes struggles too. And if we're both putting forth 100% effort, we're going to meet each other wherever we're at. But if in our minds, I'm only going to do half the work, we're not going to connect. We're not going to meet. I think we shared on previous podcasts that Jamie went back to school to get her master's degree so that she could teach full-time. And her doing that required me to take on more chores around the house. And I mean, it just makes sense right? It makes sense in a marriage relationship that I'm going to do more around here in the house so that she can excel at school. When she was working full-time, going to school full-time, she was busy. It was time for me to step up and do more of the chores around the house. And countless times, Jamie has stepped up and taken over different parts of our family so that I could either one, do my job, the times that I've deployed, uh, around the world, the times that my my current job have required me to be more busy, Jamie has had to step up and just run our house and lead our house and and take care of our kids and just do so much work. So if if you have that idea in your mind that marriage should be an even relationship, it should be uh, 50-50, you got to get it out of your mind. Now, it does need to be fair. You need to have great conversation with each other, take care of each other, love each other well. But but it's just not going to be even. And if we're so focused on quantity of work, and that's what we're, we're fixated on, uh, we're going to have a lot of conflict emerge. So total myth, uh, everything is not going to be even. It's not going to be a 50-50 relationship. Give, give 100% effort every single day, and you'll stay married, we hope. Jim, what, uh, what fallacy, or not fallacy, what myth are you going to tackle next? So it was kind of a two-pronged statement that the first year of marriage is the best. 
slash hardest. So let's look at that first part. The first year of marriage is the best. My reaction to this is, I sure hope not. No, there's a lot more years, right? There's a ton more years ahead of you, and you're literally just figuring each other out. So you've got a lot of growing to do, growing together, and just learning. First year of marriage is the hardest, and I just I kind of smile when I think about this because you are two people. In, in a lot of cases, in our case, we were two people, and we only had to take care of ourselves. That looks like super easy peasy to me. (laughs) Definitely not hard. Um, So I look at that. It gets way harder. It gets way harder and you grow and you change together. What about you, Chris? What um, do you want to talk about next? Well, I was actually wanting to go back to hardest. What, What was hard, do you think, about the first year? What were the things that made it hard Mm. that you can think of? So I was working full-time, going to school full-time, and so I think trying to figure out how to be a wife, it was kind of hard for me because there wasn't a lot of hours left in the day. So one of the things we did was the school portion of our life, we took all the same classes together. We took human sexuality together, Why folks. would you bring that, I it was a class. that up? It was a class we took together our first year of marriage. And he told our professor that we were siblings because we had the last name yeah. the same. He's, I was horrified. He's calling off our name and mine comes first in the alphabet with Chris. Uh, Chris Littrell here. Jamie, are you guys married? No, she's my sister. Now he figured out pretty quick that we weren't sisters and brothers and I knew you were going to bring that up. I knew you were going to bring that up. But to get back to the point, um, the way that we combated that was we took classes together so that we would see each other during that time because there was so much other time where either he was working his job or I was working mine that we were just kind of like ships passing in the night. So that piece was hard. Yeah, I agree. It was hard. But I, I also just have this romantic memory of that year because... Because we just had each other. We just had ourselves, right? We we were playing house kind of, but we weren't playing. I mean, it, we were adults. We were married. We were leaning into it. So I, it certainly wasn't the hardest, like you said. And it certainly wasn't the best, but, but it was special, I think. I agree. Special, so, fond memories. I like it. All right. You asked me what next. I wasn't prepared. Let's see here. Hey, the next one that I have here on my list is the myth is it's for everyone. And I, I want to blow up that myth because there are a lot of folks that have lived lives of significance, just just absolutely remarkable things. And some of these, I did a little research because like, I didn't know, like, who are the famous people that have done just amazing things for our world that chose to remain single? So the first I found was Susan B. Anthony. Now, I was a huge coin collector as a kid, so I instantly knew who she was a woman's rights a- uh, activist, and she remained signal. Signal? Single? Single. Maybe I can talk. I don't know. The other I found was uh, was Beethoven, folks. Beethoven never married. And where would, we, where would we be at without some of his compositions, his music? Just absolutely remarkable. The Wright brothers? Yes. The Wright brothers, folks. Where would we, where would we be without them? They chose to remain single throughout their life. And uh, more recently, uh, Secretary of State Condoleezza Rice never got married. So just thinking about these these significant people that have lived remarkable lives. The other one that I was thinking about, I don't know why I didn't write it down. 
Mother Teresa, hello, right? I mean, just the, the, the woman that she was, the leader that she was, the significant life, the, the people that she impacted through her compassion and her service, just absolutely remarkable folks. So uh, I would say that if you're single, then you're listening, you don't need to get married. Maybe you want to get married. And I'm telling you from my experience, uh, the most remarkable relationship that I've ever, ever experienced is, is this marriage relationship with Jamie. However, uh, if you're single and you have a passion and you don't have someone that you want to marry, don't just go jump into marriage just to get married, just so that you have checked this box or, or achieved this thing that you feel that society wants you to do. That makes no sense. And actually, that's probably going to lead to a lot of conflict in marriage because you're forcing something. Uh, however, uh, if you do find someone that uh, you do want to live the rest of your life with and you want to put in the hard work of marriage, then then get married. And and I'm telling you, from my experience, most remarkable relationship. But I would agree it's a myth. It's, uh, it's not for everyone, folks. Um, you can live a life of significance single, but for Jamie and I, this marriage thing's pretty cool. Uh, Jame, what, uh, what myth do you want to blow up next? For my next myth, we're actually going to play a word association game or a fill in the blank. Chris doesn't know this. So, uh, Chris, fill in the blank. Children will make a marriage. Uh, happier? Let's, let's go again. Children will make a marriage. Uh, really, really hard. Again, children will make a marriage. Less sex. Okay. There's a lot of things that can go in that blank. Um, on our socials, someone had put, children will make a marriage better. And I feel like there's so many words that Chris could have filled into those blanks. I, th- I thought about sticky. I thought about dirty. I thought about busy. I mean, there's so many things that children add to a marriage and... We could have said a lot of things. I remember being young married, and there was this maternal time bomb within me, guys. I, I don't know how else to describe it other than tick, tick, tick. Right. Tick. I had this need to have a child, and then, I mean, eventually four children. But there was this need inside me to have this piece of Chris, and I can't even explain it, but... It's what I wanted and nothing else was important to me. I just had this desire to be a mother. And so I don't know what my dreams were in children impacting my marriage, but in recent years, I can say that my marriage has been a refuge. And when I looked up the definition for refuge, I couldn't describe it better. A refuge is something providing shelter. And I've heard the analogy of parenting, parenting face-to-face and and maybe not agreeing on the ways that you parent and, and it really being a conflictual thing. And so the flip side to that is parenting shoulder to shoulder. Because when all our kids are gone out of this house, I'm left with Chris and I want to be in unison with him. And I still want to consider him my refuge instead of being like, oh my gosh, what do I have left? All my kids are gone. I've built my world around them. And in a lot of ways I have, but I want to be in this partnership with him for the rest of my life. So 
There's a lot of things that children can do for a marriage, to a marriage. But for me, our marriage is my refuge and my place of safety. Yeah. Well, as, as Jamie was talking there, I was thinking about some of the choices we've made to intentionally invest in our relationship, the marriage relationship. And our girls got less because of that, meaning we financially invested in doing trips, just Jamie and I. We financially invested in dating each other. I don't know what the dollar amount of all that was, but if you added it all up, we could have done more family trips. We could have bought our girls a nicer car. We, we could have done a lot of things with that money, but we really believe that giving our girls the safety net, giving the girls this foundation of mom and dad is the greater gift for them. They don't always agree with us. And I think that's okay. We're human, right? We're, we're going to disagree. But what we've seen as they've become adults is that we are that kind of that home base, that place to come back to. Sometimes physically, sometimes just with a phone call, but that place to come back to because the mom and dad unit are, are connected in here and are there to support them through the, the challenges of life that they, they experience. Is it my turn or is it uh, something more you want to say about it? I think it's your turn. What's okay. the next myth that you want to dispel? I think I only got one more and then we're going to, uh, Jamie has one and then we're going to tag team the last one. Uh, the, the next myth that someone posted on our social media was you don't have to swoon each other anymore. If I had a buzzer, I'd be buzzing it right now. I told you I loved you when I married you. If something changes, I'll let you know. That was on a movie somewhere. I can't remember what movie though, but kind of a funny saying that we've said back and forth sarcastically to each other. Hey folks, uh, I mean, I could speak to husband or wives here. Yeah, absolutely. You have to still pursue each other. You still have to express love to each other. So the word swoon, I don't know if I love that word. Uh, I definitely did it differently. I remember when I was pursuing Jamie as her boyfriend and as we first got married, I would do these grand gestures. And unfortunately, I wanted to get the grand gestures bigger and bigger and bigger to one year, I think it was our ninth or 10th anniversary. I was going to plan the anniversary to the theme of the show 24. Which I had watched in its entirety one year while breastfeeding a child all through whatever hour. So I loved the show. Yeah, but I was actually going to have it to where like I got a car that didn't belong to us that we were going to quote unquote steal. I was going to have to work all that out. We weren't going to actually commit any real crimes. And spoiler Jamie doesn't like any sort of attention, illegal activity, a lot of things. I just want to blend in like a chameleon. This was not going to be blending, folks. This was going to be exciting and stuff was going to be blowing up. I shared it with uh, with one of my mentors at work, more of a friend at the time, but transitioned into a mentor later. And he gave me this look like, have you lost your mind? And so I, I we really like reduced it. I think we went to the amazing race theme, less violence, a little bit of adventure and nothing got stolen, folks. And it was a lot better. But here's the deal. I I used to do that kind of stuff to 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 express love to Jamie. You look like you want to say something. Well, I mean, this just also goes back to love languages, right? Really good point. Yes. Yeah. So folks, we're, we all express love differently. We all receive love differently, meaning... When people do different things for us, that's how we feel love. So some people really, really enjoy gift giving, meaning them giving gifts uh, and seeing the way the other person responds. 
is how they like to communicate love to others. Uh, other people like acts of service or words of affirmation. There's there's actually a book out there called The Five Love Languages. So understanding your spouse's love language, the way that they want to receive love, and them understanding yours can really alleviate um, conflict in marriage. But what what's up? I just think this goes into something we touched on last time about the butterflies. And I mean, I sent Chris videos this week of men doing dishes and changing baby diapers and mowing the lawn because that is super attractive to me. Yeah. So what I would say, folks, is uh, we can't get lazy in our marriage relationship. We have to continue to communicate love to our spouse. We have to continue to serve our spouse in different ways. So understand what your spouse's love language is, and then you you have to proactively do it. Maybe you have to schedule it. Maybe you're going to need to put something on your calendar so you don't forget. Maybe you're going to have to time a text message to yourself so that you don't forget. I don't know how you're going to make sure that you continue to pursue your spouse, continue to serve your spouse, but folks, we can't quit on it. It, it's a constant effort. The return on that investment is is enormous. It's a richer, more enjoyable relationship. Don't quit. Keep swooning. Keep the effort going, and you'll have a deeper relationship because of it. What's uh, You have one more, I think, Jane. Yeah, I wanted to touch briefly on the seven-year itch. And this was a suggestion, again, on socials. And my first thought was, is this actually a thing? And I'm guessing it is for it to be coined the seven year itch. And I can't say that I ever felt anything like this because what it is, is marriage is a choice. A successful marriage is a choice and it's a choice every day. So whether we've been married six years, 364 days, or 23 years, 271 days, that's actually how long we've been married. Um, It is a choice to love Chris and... Um, to not give myself an excuse to become dissatisfied with my marriage, to take a proactive stance in my marriage and to do the things that I know mean a lot to him. And if need be, tell him what I need from him because he's not a mind reader. I'm not. No, I'm not, folks. For sure not. not. Nowhere nowhere near. Nowhere nowhere close. And... um, Anyway, I just want to encourage you not to give yourself an excuse to be dissatisfied in your marriage. Take a proactive stance. I really like the way you said that because some of these myths, uh, they can have different effects on us. And you just made the point that don't give yourself this excuse, right? Because if you're starting to have conflict and you're at six years, if you're at seven years, and in your mind you're like, yep, it's the seven-year itch. We should probably stop doing this. Uh, It's an excuse, right? Just like anything else in this world, we make excuses for quitting, for poor behavior, uh, let, let's let's move past the excuses and recognize what we can do to actually fix stuff. Right, because we're accountable in these marriages, right? There's a lot of things in this lifetime, in this world that are saying, oh, it's not your fault. You don't have to do this or that. Don't go out of your way. In marriage, you must go out of your way. You must rise to whatever occasion it is and be that person that you promised to be. So anyway, I just want to encourage you to be satisfied. Yeah, I like it. Hey, this last one, Jamie and I are going to tackle together, and we have not scripted this, so we'll see how this goes, folks. The last one that was posted on our social media accounts from some of our listeners 
was the myth, love is all you need. It's not. I just wanted the Vita bus and love, and I thought we'd live on that. Yeah. I wish, folks. I wish that's all this life was. Unfortunately, as soon as we get thrown some curveballs, some kind of uh, major life tragedy, uh, or maybe even just a small one, that love feeling isn't isn't going to carry. Here's here's the problem with it, folks. Love is all you need. I think that statement really talks about the emotions of love, the the feeling of being attracted to each other, of longing for each other, and that's not the way Jamie and I live out love. When in our marriage, we define love differently. We define love as a choice. We define love as our actions, the way we we serve each other. I'm going to love Jamie. And that's nothing about emotions and feelings. It's about my actions. Now, do emotions and feelings follow those actions? Absolutely. When I'm serving her and I'm I'm loving her with my actions, the, the emotions follow. It causes me to be more attracted to her, to, to long for her. And I think from what she just shared a little bit ago with me emptying the dishwasher or mowing the lawn or doing doing a service check on the kid's car before they head out of town, uh, Jamie feels love towards me when I when I serve her like that, when I love her. I don't know, Jane, what do you think about the statement and about yeah. what I just said? So as you're talking, I'm sitting there thinking about my anagram number. I'm a six. I know I'm a six. He knows I'm a six. And for me, the question I'm trying to answer is how is this going to add security or provide stability? So when you say love is all you need, like breaks are halting in my mind because I'm a big picture person. And well, how are we going to provide these things, security, safety, shelter, provide for our children? Those are the things that go through my mind. And all of those are encompassed in love for me. So I'm thinking, how are we going to take care of these items? And emotion is definitely not going to carry us in my six mind. So, well, and I just think from a logical standpoint, I like the way you said that. It kind of helped me think of this this sentence a little bit differently. Love is all you need. So if you just add a couple more words, love is all you need in marriage, period. Absolutely not. You need hard work. You need sacrifice. You need service. You need uh, humility. You need the ability to go to the other person and say, hey, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I did this. I'm sorry I said this. I'm sorry I didn't do this. Yeah, love, it's a piece, but folks, it, it, it's... Maybe I, I would say it's the byproduct. It's the byproduct of all the stuff you need. If you do all the stuff that you need in marriage, love potentially is going to be the byproduct that comes out of it. You sacrifice for each other. You serve each other. You work super hard. You discipline yourself to do certain things. The, the hard relationship work, the, the hard uh, work to provide for a home and pay the bills, the patience sometimes. A lot of times people want want it right now, right? You want to go on the big dream vacation right now, folks. That's awesome. Can you afford it? Like, probably not. We couldn't have, have, have afforded it when we were 19 and getting married, right? We had to we had to be patient. We had to wait. I don't did we even go on any like real vacation for the first eight years of our marriage? I think we went to a old Navy base that we had access to. And that was like a huge deal. We got a great rate because you were in the military and it was near the Washington coast. So that was our first experience at vacation. Yeah. And at that point we were, 
we were out of the Air Force. I was six years into our marriage, six and a half years. And yeah, so somewhere around seven years is when we started trying to do some type of family vacation. And it was not exotic, folks, whatsoever. Old Navy barracks uh, that were turned into a hotel. Really cool. I really enjoyed it. Again, really sweet memories thinking back on that. Uh, But again, uh, we had to be patient. And so be patient, do the hard work, both in your profession and and also in your relationships. And and the, the, these these different seasons will come to you. You'll, you'll get the opportunity to do other things. I don't know. Did we do this justice with uh, these myths following up on the part two, myths and marriage? I think we have dispelled these myths as best we can. And to our supporters on socials for giving us these ideas. Absolutely. And hopefully we did it justice, folks. If if we didn't, shoot us a message or something. Let us know uh, what you think. A lot of times we end this with the call to action. And I don't know, we didn't plan this, so I'm really throwing Jamie under the bus here. I love it when he does that. <laughs> what do you think a call to action for, for both part one and part two and these myths in marriage could be? What can we do in our marriage and what can our listeners do to dispel myths and to hopefully enjoy our marriage relationship just a little bit more. I think the call to action would be to not be influenced by what the world says marriage is and to make it awesome for you and your spouse. I think that was really well said. Thank you for joining us today on this episode of Marriage Monday. We want to hear from you. How are we doing, folks? There's lots of different ways that you can communicate that to us. One, please follow our podcast on whatever platform you're listening to us. You can also drop us comments on some of the different podcast platforms. Uh, If you're listening to this on Apple, on Spotify, on Facebook, you can rate and review us. Down at the bottom of our page, there's five stars. We'd really appreciate a five-star rating if we've earned that from you. If not, maybe shoot us an email at chris at gravityct.com. Let us know of future Marriage Monday topics or guests that I could interview. Remember, friends, getting married is easy. Staying married is really tough. So go and love well 